Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening and welcome back this is sgr 35 this episode we are doing something a little different again um as we approach the season here come to the end of preseason uh and get into our fantasy drafts i wanted to get you guys um kind of a fun episode here where i could get some hot takes out there uh ahead of the start of the season and ahead of your fantasy drafts um this should be a fun episode i'm gonna get you know kind of weird with some of these predictions here but you know i think by doing a bold predictions episode you know if you guys haven't um picked up on it by now i'm a bit of a contrarian at heart you know a lot of my opinions and a lot of the views that i have as far as how to uh approach the fantasy and gambling season um you know tend to kind of go against the grain sometimes as far as you know not really lining up with public consensus and that's part of the reason that i started this whole podcasting thing and and why i you know do this shit um, is because I think a lot of my opinions are not necessarily going to line up with the same shit that you hear on ESPN radio every day. So this bold predictions episode is kind of going to give me an opportunity to put some ridiculous uh, hot takes out there that like I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys are going to be like, where the fuck does he even get this stuff? Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm labeling it bold predictions. You guys know that I'm kind of going I'm stepping out on a ledge with some of these. So kind of gives me some freedom. You know, if they blow up in my face, I can say, hey, man, it was a bold prediction. I didn't really think it was going to happen. I was just kind of shooting my shot. And if they do hit, then I get to, you know, make a, a glory uh lap at the end of the season so it's all good this is going to be a fun one i've got 15 predictions for you i've kind of split them up into two categories the first eight are going to be um more fantasy relevant and then the last seven are going to be more general um you know opinions about how the season's going to play out maybe some gambling um teams to make the playoffs teams to miss that kind of stuff so we're going to get into the fantasy section first here like I said, I've got eight fantasy-relevant predictions for you. The first one is that Najee Harris, the rookie running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, finishes the season ahead of Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley in fantasy. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this one. I'm infatuated with Najee Harris. Um, as we get closer to the drafts here, I think I'm going to take him ahead of Zeke in one of my drafts. And it's really fucking uh, giving me a lot of anxiety. It's like... I can't even focus on the rest of my draft because I'm so um, enamored with what I'm going to do with this number two pick in my keeper league. But I think Najee is going to be just a total stud right away for the Steelers team. I see it being Le'Veon Bell 2.0. I have concerns about Zeke getting a little bit older. People say he's only 26, but he's an old 26. He's got a lot of mileage from Ohio State and from his first five years in the NFL. 
Every year, the last five years, his uh, rushing yards per carry and rushing totals have gone down each season. So there's just room for concern there. Tony Pollard's a pretty good backup running back for the uh, Cowboys. And I think there's opportunity for him to get more work this year and steal some touches from Zeke. Uh, Najee, on the other hand, I think is going to be a complete three down back in that Steelers offense. I think they'll be much more run balanced this year. If you guys need to go back to my running backs to target episode, Najee, I believe is the second one that I talk about. So go listen to that. But I think I've said enough about this one. Najee finishes ahead of Zeke and Saquon. Najee, typically a second round pick in your fantasy drafts. I think he belongs in the conversation as a top five pick this year. Number two, um, Jalen Hurts finishes ahead of Russell Wilson uh, in fantasy points. Um, Now, Russell Wilson uh, is a very consistent fantasy player. He's being drafted around the back end of the fifth, maybe sixth round in most of your fantasy leagues, while Jalen Hurts is going more ninth, tenth round. So you can get an incredible value on him. And I think Hurts is going to run so much this year that it's going to provide him with such a safe floor and such a high upside where Russ, you know, is he a mobile quarterback still? Absolutely. But really he's grown into less of a scrambler and more of an improviser to roll out of the pocket and extend the play and look for a pass downfield, kind of like what we see from guys like Mahomes. Um, whereas, you know, Hertz is just going to tuck it and run and you're going to be getting tons of fantasy value with those uh, rushing yards. Uh, I read a stat the other day that, Um, The amount of rushing yards that Kyler Murray had this past year equated in fantasy value to an additional 2000 passing yards. So like if Kyler runs for four or he throws for 4000 yards, but he runs for 800, it's really like the same thing as if he passed for 6000 yards and just didn't rush at all. That's crazy. So that just gives you perspective as far as. Uh, These young mobile quarterbacks, what they can do uh, from a fantasy perspective with their legs. Uh, And I think Hertz is obviously, you know, the guy here in Philly. We're not going to start Joe Flacco. I don't think Deshaun Watson's getting traded before the season starts. Russ, I have my concerns as far as is this team going to, uh, you know, take a step back as far as the passing volume this year. So calling my shot there. Um, I got to get a little quicker with these explanations. This one's going to go a little long. But uh, pick number three. Prediction number three, Janu Smith, tight end for the Patriots, finishes as a top five tight end and outscores Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews in fantasy. I think Janu's the clear cut number one for the Patriots. I think Mac Jones starts hopefully week one. Cam Newton, I've expressed, I don't think he brings any value to this offense. I think Janu is going to step in immediately as their primary pass catching weapon. I've talked about my concerns with Pitts on the tight ends to avoid episode just a rookie tight end too many question marks in Atlanta Andrews is not really a guy that I'm fading I just wanted to kind of put another name in here as far as um, guys being drafted pretty early at the at the tight end position um, who are known to be elite fantasy tight ends that I think John who could outperform this year you know I think uh, the Ravens don't pass that much and so if Andrews doesn't come down with the touchdowns you know, I think John who easily has more receptions and yards than Andrews. So I think that's realistic. Um, number four, Jerry Judy. You guys know this is one of my breakout candidates this year. Jerry Judy finishes ahead of Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay, Odell Beckham, and Juju Smith-Schuster in fantasy. 
Um, again, these are just a few names that I pulled that I think I'm not really that high on in drafts this year. There's not good buzz coming out of New York about Galladay. Uh, Dillon, I've talked about possibly being a drop-off candidate this year. OBJ, we never know with him. Juju, I think this is his last year in Pittsburgh. Judy's going to break out. I've been very vocal about that. All these four names that I just mentioned are going a full round, if not two rounds ahead of Jerry Judy in your fantasy draft. So I pulled those names. I think Judy has potential to really take a massive step forward, especially with Teddy Bridgewater recently being named the starter in Denver. Who's next? Who's next, guys? Uh, Miles Sanders running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not trying to sound like a homer here, but I think this offense definitely looks better than last year, uh, given all the dysfunction we had and all the injuries. And um, so my prediction is Miles Sanders finishes as a top 12 fantasy running back. I wanted to put a Miles Sanders take in here because I think all offseason people have been shitting on Sanders as far as, you know, it's it's not been optimistic with the Eagles um, bringing in multiple names at running back, drafting Kenny Gainwell, signing, uh, what's his name, on Johnson. Um, also, we, we re-signed Jordan Howard to come back to this team. We have Boston Scott. So that's like five running backs there all battling it out. But as we get closer to the season, we cut on Johnson. Jordan Howard, I think, is only on the team for depth purposes and pass protection. He's a really good pass blocker, and uh, he's the biggest, most physical running back on our team. So I think we just wanted to have a guy in that mold. But I don't see him really stealing carries. Um, I don't see Boston Scott stealing touches either. He's really just a backup to me. I think he's a good locker room guy. He seems to be really um, great friends with most of the guys on the team, but I don't see him really. I just think Miles Sanders is clearly the best running back on this team. It looks like it's going to be Miles, uh, Scott, uh, Kenny Gainwell, and Jordan Howard. I think we'll keep all four on the roster, um, but I don't see any of these guys really taking over as the workhorse. You know, maybe Miles Sanders loses some third down opportunities to Scott or Gainwell. Maybe he loses some goal line work to Jordan Howard, but I think Miles Sanders is the running back for this team. And I think with Jalen Hurts being the starter, um, I think it's definitely going to open things up for Miles in the running game. He didn't have the best situation last year um, with a bad offensive line. There weren't many holes for him. And Doug Peterson was underutilizing him all season. I think Nick Sirianni is going to lean on the running game way more than Doug Peterson did last season. And I also think that mobile quarterbacks like that can really open things up for running backs as far as running uh, more read options. You know, anytime that a, a edge defender has to commit to the quarterback in the running game, it's going to open things up for the um, running back inside and uh, get him some more open lanes. So I'm really optimistic to see if we can, you know, implement more of a spread reoption type system and open things up for miles a bit this year. Where are we going next? We're going to go back to the tight ends. Um, yeah, this this one's got a little heat behind it. Cole Komet, second-year tight end for the Bears, outscores Hunter Henry, Irv Smith, Evan Ingram, and Gronk in fantasy. How are you guys liking these? That's that's not a bad one. Gronk, future Hall of Famer, is going to get outscored by a second-year tight end that half of you have never heard of. Cole Komet is six foot six. He's a Notre Dame tight end. They produce good tight ends in the NFL. Notre Dame, Penn State, and Iowa are kind of just these three – tight end uh, production factories. And it's just kind of, it's, it's just when you're looking at who has the potential to break out with these young guys, sometimes you got to go back to the college tape and the draft capital that this team spent on him. 
Uh, this is his second year. He had a bigger role in the offense over the second half of last season. I think Jimmy Graham is uh, hopefully going to take a second fiddle role to him this year. I talked about this guy in the tight end style perform ADP episode, so you can go back and listen to that. But I think there's a shot if Justin Fields finds him as a security to blanket this year and he gets the red zone looks. Um, Komet could be a great value going super late in your drafts. And I've talked about how I'm not high on Henry. I'm not high on Gronk. Irv Smith, I just don't know if he's going to get the passing volume. And I think Evan Ingram is the most overrated tight end in football history. So, uh, yeah. Two more on the fantasy side. We, we picked up the pace. I'm liking this. Um, next one, Tua Tagovailoa. Mentioned him in my quarterbacks episode as a guy that could outperform ADP. Also mentioned Jameis Winston. Jameis officially has been named the starter for New Orleans, so I threw him in with Tua in this. I've got Tua and Jameis both outscoring the following quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Ryan. Um, I just think Jameis is going to bring fantasy value. He's looked great in the preseason. Marquez Callaway looks like a stud at receiver, so hopefully, you know, between that, Adam Alvin Kamara, um, good news on Adam Troutman, tight end that I mentioned got injured in the preseason game. He's expected to only be out about a month, maybe three weeks. So they should be getting him back at some point early in the season. I think that New Orleans offense is just built to produce, and Jameis has a big arm. He's done it before. He's led the NFL in passing yards before. So he's a guy that you can take late to a big breakout potential. I've talked about him on the Dolphins episode. I've talked about him on the QBs episode. You know, He's got legs, he's got an arm, he's got more weapons this year. Uh, Burrow, I'm not optimistic about the injury rehab. Baker, too low of passing volume in that offense. Matt Ryan, just getting older, doesn't have Julio anymore. You know, it's just kind of another guy that I thought it was possible to make this uh, prediction look a little bit saucier. So not like an overwhelming reason for those names. It's just guys that I think are being drafted ahead of them that I think have the ability to finish lower. And then the last one for fantasy, um, this one's not too hot, but it's a guy that I mentioned on my wide receivers to outperform ADP. And I just wanted to reassure kind of my stance on this uh, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals rookie Rondell Moore finishes as the number two uh, most productive fantasy receiver in that offense um, ahead of AJ Green and Christian Kirk. Um, I think AJ Green is done. I've said it 45 times this summer and also um Christian Kirk, you know, he's a decent guy and he could hold on to that that number two receiver option. But to me, this team probably doesn't draft Rondell Moore in the second round if they don't have a role carved out for him or at least have their hopes on him establishing a specific role. He's very much the ideal slot receiver in the NFL to run those quick underneath routes, slants, drags, ins, outs, hitches, you know, and then just get the ball in his hands and watch him work. So I think he's got potential to break out. Uh, he's a guy that you can get practically for free in your fantasy drafts. And I think people are still drafting AJ Green with optimism. And I just want to throw as many fucking red flags at those people this summer as I possibly can. Do not draft AJ Green. The Cardinals wasted $10 million signing him. All right. Those are the fantasy predictions. And now we're going to move over to some stuff that has more to do with some of the seasonal results, general headlines, some of the awards, some of the division finishers. So the first one that I'm going to talk about here is that Trevor Lawrence will not win rookie of the year. He's the odds on favorite at two to one right now. 
And I don't have necessarily one guy that I'm going to tell you is going to win rookie of the year. I'll give you a couple. I'll tell you who my favorite is. It's probably not uh, surprising, but I, if I had to take a guy, it's Najee Harris. How many more times do I have to tell you guys I love Najee Harris this year? His odds are plus 650. That's not bad. Um, you can also get guys like Justin Fields at plus 450, uh, Zach Wilson at plus 600, and Mac Jones at plus 800. I like all of those odds better. You know, I'm probably not taking any of the receivers for that. If I had to, it'd probably be Devontae Smith because I think he's going to be clearly the number one receiver for his team from day one, as opposed to Chase and Waddle having to kind of separate themselves from a, a trio of veterans there. Um, but Trevor Lawrence, just the offense looks anemic in Jacksonville. His O-line sucks. I went off on him the other day in the QBs to avoid. He's being drafted too high and – um, is he going to be a good player? Yes, absolutely. I've seen some really impressive things from him just in the preseason, but he's running for his life on half these plays. The Jags are just not a good team, so it's just not going to work out this year. I don't think he gets rookie of the year, even though he's being touted as this locked and loaded, you know, sensational generational quarterback. Um, this is not to say that I'm out on Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, I think he's going to be good in the NFL. I don't want to make it sound like I'm calling for him to be a bust. Number two prediction for this uh, segment, um, the Steelers win the AFC North again. Their odds are plus 400. And, you know, I'm probably not going to bet it because I think the Ravens and the Browns are both solid teams and represent legit competition for that division. Um, but at plus 400, it just seems like a value to me because the Steelers team has looked great in the preseason. I know it's just preseason, but... Uh, let's talk about Najee again. I think he brings a lot of balance to this offense. I think if Ben stays healthy, he has three competent receivers. He has two decent tight ends. The defense is going to be good again. They lost Bud Dupree, but that's really the only big loss that they had this offseason. Their secondary is intact. Uh, their linebacking core is one of the best. Their defensive uh, linemen are all, you know, very stout guys that love to just eat blocks for lunch. And, um, it's just possible, you know, a lot of people are writing this team off. Like I said, they're four to one to win the division, but they won it last year and they started the season 11 and oh, if they don't have the injury uh, problems and the drop off in the um, offensive line and the running game like they did last year, this team could be good again. So that's just all I'm saying. Um, I think the Steelers are a team that like people are just automatically slotting them in for third in this division. It's possible they fucking win it again, guys. It's possible. This next one is a specific prediction for week three, or excuse me, week one of the NFL season. Um, the Texans are going to win week one. What the fuck? What did he just say? Yeah, uh, the Texans, the team that everybody is pegging in as the number one pick next year. Um, they're going to win week one. They're playing the Jags. And... So now it doesn't sound so crazy, right? Now that you know who they're playing, they're at home against Jacksonville. I think this team has spent the entire offseason hearing the headlines about Deshaun Watson and how the coaching staff blew this organization up, how they shouldn't have traded DeAndre Hopkins, how they're going to suck this year. Um, Tyrod Taylor is a competent NFL quarterback. He's going to start week one. You know, the, the head coach is, is just a sacrificial lamb at this point, but I think that, that he might be able to get this locker room rallied for just a, just one game. It's just if we can get a win this week against the Jags, 
a bad team at home to start the season, wouldn't it just make the entire rest of the season? So it doesn't matter if we go one and 16, as long as we get this win out of the way, right? That's, I think the, the mentality that they're going to have going into this. Um, I heard a stat the other day. Let's go back to Trevor Lawrence uh, quarterback selected number one overall in the NFL draft has not won his uh, week one NFL debut, his rookie year since 2002. And that was uh, David Carr, on the expansion Texans. So that's an anomaly in itself. So these rookie quarterbacks, you know, I don't expect them to come out guns blazing week one, the first start ever. They don't usually win. Put on top of that, it's Urban Meyer's first game in the NFL as a head coach too. At least this David Culley guy for the Texans has been coaching in the NFL for, for years. But uh, Urban Meyer's a college guy, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, making the transition to the uh, big time. So um, yeah, I think the Texans beat the Jags week one. They're two and a half point home dogs. Uh, you guys will pick up on it quickly. Two and a half point dogs are my favorite spread to bet in all of gambling. They put that line right under three to trick you, right? You want the three. You want the field goal. You want that plus three, but they're not going to give it to you. They're either going to make you buy it or they're going to make you settle for the two and a half so that if they do end up losing by three, you get fucked on the hook, right? But I'm not worried about it. I find that more often than not, the plus two and a half, that team will just fucking win outright. You can go ahead and take the money line on the home dog. Give me the Texans week one to beat the Jags. All right. Um, what do we got? Four more here. We'll wrap it up. Uh, this one, okay. Um, yeah, stepping out on a bit of a ledge here. I'm going to keep going with my Broncos, love. The Broncos and Dolphins will make the playoffs in the AFC while the Browns and Colts miss the playoffs. Yeah, that one's kind of fire. It's just every year there's turnover in the playoff picture. I think the Dolphins are a team that can really take a big step forward this year, the way that they've been building. If Tua takes that breakout that I've been talking about, uh, this Dolphins defense is good. It's well coached. They have better weapons this year. Look out. Uh, Broncos, I've, I've shared my thoughts. Uh, Bridgewater brings so much more stability to the QB position. I think they've got potential to take a massive step forward this year. Um, the Browns and Colts, tough divisions, right? I mean, the Colts, not so much, but I don't think they're on the same level as the Titans right now. Uh, there's a chance that Wentz doesn't get back to MVP form. Uh, maybe his injuries, you know, lag throughout the season and they end up having to play Jacob Eason for half the season. Um, and the Browns, just a tough division. You know, maybe they just um, take a step back and aren't on the same level with the Ravens and the Steelers this year. I talked about how the Steelers might be um underrated at this point right now going into the season so it's just you know who knows uh, if these teams are battling it out for a wild card like i expect maybe they miss who knows it's just a it's just two playoff teams that made it last year that i think have a chance to uh, you know get bounced this year perhaps um two three more uh the raiders finished last in the afc west it's not too hot but considering you know, the state of the Broncos and Chargers the last few years, you know, I'll throw that one out there. The Raiders uh, finished second in the division last year and have the second best odds to win the division this year. But, um, yeah, just calling my shot. I think the Broncos and Chargers are both teams ready to step forward, you know, with uh, Justin Herbert in his second year, new head coach in, in Los Angeles. And I just talked about the Broncos potential. So, yeah, that one's, you know, mild at best. Um, last two, okay, I put a bunch of teams together for this. All of the following teams will finish under six and a half wins this season. Texans, Lions, Jags, Giants, Bears. 
So the first three are not that hot, right? Okay, Texans, Lions, Jags. Um, I think the Jags over-under is seven. So I'm right there at six and a half. The Texans and Lions both are at like four and a half and five. So that's pretty much a lock to go under. But so for these last two, the Giants and Bears, they both have uh, projected win totals above this. The Bears are at seven and a half. The Giants are at seven. And I just think that these teams all have the potential to suck really bad. I think the Bears have a tough schedule. I don't know how the QB situation plays out. Dalton gets off to a soft, uh, slow start and then, Fields doesn't play like a stud his rookie year. That team could be really, really, really bad. They don't have the same defense that they've had the last few years. They've missed, they've lost some pieces in that secondary, particularly with Kyle Fuller, Adrian Amos both being gone. Um, and the Giants just look like a dumpster fire in training camp from the videos I've seen of Daniel Jones throwing the ball right to a middle linebacker, uh, to the reports of Joe Judge going all fucking major pain on their uh, veterans and making people do push-ups and run laps and shit. If I'm a fucking 30-year-old offensive tackle and my head coach is screaming at me like a high school coach telling me to do up-downs and run laps, I'm going to fucking shove my boot up his ass. I'm not taking that shit. So I don't know how these Giants players are taking it. I've seen a number of veterans already just say, fuck this, I'm done, and they've retired this summer. I think a number of people have just come out and said, I'm not playing for the Giants. I'm done playing football. So that organization could be really, really, really bad again. I, I did my Giants episode, and I picked them to go over seven wins, and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? I think I overthought that one, but I'm I'm taking that back. The Giants are going to suck this year. Their defense is better than people think, but until that offense gets established, good fucking luck. And then um, going off my Giants, hey, this last one I think is really fun. Uh, Daniel Jones will be benched for Mike Glennon at some point this season. That's how I'm ending the episode. Fuck Daniel Jones. He's the new Mitch Trubisky. Mike Glennon, you know, I know you guys have been waiting all summer for the Mike Glennon talk, and here it is. Here's your Mike Glennon conversation. Um, Daniel Jones, it's not a Mike Glennon thing. It's a Daniel Jones thing. The guy sucks, and I just think at some point he gets yanked this year. Um, <laughs> so we'll just be waiting for when that happens. Because uh, the guy's brutal, major bust. I think I already called him Mitch Trubisky, but that's pretty much my my comparison to this situation. You know, Giants could have uh, all the defense that they want, but until DJ gets his ass out of there and they get somebody that can actually run the offense, they are fucked. So we'll be counting the days until we see Mike Glennon on the turf again. But until uh, next time, guys, that's going to be the episode. That's the bold predictions. I had fun with this one. I'm also going to get you guys my Texans preview today just to keep cranking shit out. I expect that to be a real banger of an episode. So can't wait to spend 20 minutes talking about the fucking Texans. But that's what we do here on the SGR. This was number 35. Thank you for listening and ramble on. <laughs>